speaking of weird ass things. Hey! Starting the ultimate weird ass thing, the Media Boat Podcast! Yeah, you know, where I start the recording before I start us going live. Yeah, just that, like that. I am very out of it right now, apparently. <laughs> I didn't realize I'm, that you had done that. No, I just realized that right now, because I think I just want to get this going, because mm-hmm. we have a lot to talk about, so... And what do we talk <laughs> about here on the Media Boat Podcast? But media, because that's what it is. If you are new to the Media Boat Podcast, we are a podcast about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. We usually go live about Wednesdays at 6.30. We're an hour early this week. Uh, well, 30 minutes. 30 minutes early. Close to 30 minutes. Um, yeah, because we have people to see, pe- uh, places to go. So uh, Things to eat, I think. Things to eat. Uh, dessert nachos to... Pretty to much. Our, I mean, that's... I mean, why, why else would I do that? Food, you know. Oh, you know what I'm all about. I know what you're all about. You, you know my D&B life. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> Hashtag D&B life. Hashtag Here D&B life. Hashtag free stuff. Hashtag free stuff, exactly. I'm gouging myself on licorice and Diet Coke because it's Wednesday night, motherfuckers. Hey, hey, oh, yeah. We have the explicit tag. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what? Well, let's just keep going, okay? Hey! So it's hey, me, let's, let's get it rolling. We let's always start, start with movies. And we always start movies. With a weekend, box office numbers, and man, speaking of going fast. Sonic go fast? Sonic is known for going fast. It's it's one of his uh, signature um, things about him. And sure enough, uh, it was went, went to a fast $58 million on its debut weekend in the in theaters. It broke the speed, the speed limit. It broke the speed limit and broke the in Valentine's money. weekend record. Really? I heard that apparently it is some sort of record for this time of year. Um, maybe for PG thirteen. PG. Oh, PG. PG ass movie. Okay, so probably for PG then. Maybe. But yeah. Because I say, doesn't Deadpool hold that record? Because they came out on Valentine's. Yeah, but for R rated movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog did way better than predictions. It did about like thirteen million dollars more than predicted. Mm-hmm. So that's a hit, uh, surprising everyone. It's now. Um, on track to be the best reviewed video game film of all time, narrowly beating out uh, Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu, which is what I said um, mm-hmm. going into this thing that it it might have the hype of Detective Pikachu. I think it does. I think it's got a big cross section because it's got the older, you know, uh, people who grew up with Sonic that are interested in it, and also kids love Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know if you know this about kids. Uh, I know that kids watch that cartoon Sonic the Hedgehog, how whatever so iteration they're that's on right now. What I thought, right? So when um, I was talking to my girlfriend about this, she works in a library. Yes. And interacts with kids all the time. Uh, kids were telling, talking to her about Sonic the Hedgehog and how much they love her and, and love it, love him. And I was like, oh, is it because they watched the TV show? And she was like, what TV show? And I was like, oh, they don't watch the TV show? And she was like, no, they were talking about the video games, and they're really excited for the movie. Well, oh. well, that goes to show you that Sonic has pull even beyond just television. There is a big deviant art <laughs> fan base. Oh, yeah, to go with that. And that's internet art of Sonic. Oh, Sonic? The internet and has the always memes. loved Sonic. Yes, the Sonic. Sonic memes are everywhere. So, yeah, to me, this isn't surprising that this is doing well. I think the surprising part is that the movie, apparently... Is actually okay. Um, so, I will briefly mention we neither of us saw it. Yes. Uh, but I uh, do have. Uh, I almost saw it. I did have word just about an hour ago for someone who did see it. Okay. Uh, one of my roommates, 
And his review basically is this. Uh, I asked him for a brief review. He was like, yeah, it's a better than it's better than it needs to be. He enjoyed it more than Detective Pikachu. Okay. He thought it's a better plotted movie. Uh, Jim Carrey is at his 90s powers here, okay. apparently. Hmm. And so if you like that kind of Jim Carrey performance, this is that. Um, he said that uh, that the uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog character is fun, and there were some funny moments. Uh, there's not so much of a heavy story. They kind of get things going as quick as possible to kind of establish and then kind of roll mm-hmm. into the plot. And the dude, I think it's James Marsden. Marsden. James Marsden. Apparently, is the worst part of that movie. Oh, I've I, heard that from multiple people. I could have told you that from the trailers. Apparently, he's just like a dud through the whole thing. So I believe we discovered that while he was on Thirty Rock. Oh, and this is not a spoiler, so I'm just gonna say it. Like, if you didn't know that this was the case, I apologize, but it's the most obvious thing in the world. The after credits sequence involves tails. Oh, I, I figured <laughs> that out too. Yeah, it's like as soon as this was announced, you knew that there was gonna be some sort of tails. It's like, wait, tease. there's gotta be tails in there, right? Tails oh, the no, no, no tails in this movie. At the tail end of this. Oh, film, at the tail end. There is tails. So yeah, there you go. He gave yes. it a um, on the Patton and Media the, scale. He gave it a stream. It. The the sequel bait that is yeah, tails. Exactly. Yeah, it's the only time in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so he gave it a stream it on the right. um, uh, patented media boat scale. Okay. So let's move on to the race of this top five. Number two, moving down uh, to uh, still kind of hanging out not doing so super well. Birds of Prey, $17 million, adding to a $59 million total. So, so one week, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog almost beat Birds of Prey's two-week number. And people are wondering why they're calling Birds of Prey a flop. Yeah. Here you go. Exhibit Sonic. Exhibit Sonic. Exhibit Blue. Yeah. <laughs> number three, uh, Fantasy Island. That Blumhouse is Fantasy Island. Number 12, or number 12, number three with $12 million. Uh, uh, that's all that's debut. It. That's, that's it. That's the yeah, debut. That's a debut. Number four, The Photograph. Also a debut. Take a look at this photograph. Also with $12 million. Yeah. It was close. I think it was only like 100000 separating them. And people are still seeing Bad Boys for Life. It's number five at $11 million. See, because when you don't have a girl, you go with your boys. Bad, your bad boys. Your bad boys for that Valentine's weekend. But if that's not good enough for you, what is this weekend's new releases? All right, what am I watching? All right, I don't know what you're watching, but here are the new releases. You have Terrifying CG Dog and, uh, uh, and uh, Harrison Ford in The Call of the Wild. Yes, based off Jack London's yes. Call of the Wild, of the very same name. And uh, creepy, <laughs> terrifying CG boy in Brahms The Boy 2, which is a horror movie. I... Do you know what this is? <laughs> I've seen a trailer for this. I have not seen a trailer. poster for this, and it's a creepy marionette boy. Oh. It's a horror movie. See, I would have gone with, like, <laughs> Brahms Orchestra. No. Oh. I don't know where the Brahms comes in here, but I've seen the boy. Okay. The titular boy. Okay. And he's creepy as hell. Pass. Those are your new releases this week. Sonic rolls over. Yeah. Sonic rolls over. Sonic rolls Sonic over. The spin balls over. 35 million. 35. Yeah. All right. Next uh, is uh, video game. Or video game. Wow. Sonic made me think about video games. Movie news, unless you want to talk about any movies here. Um. No. I, I did see a movie, but it's a... As we discussed, on, on streaming, so uh, yeah, okay. we're going to talk about it in TV. Talk about it in TV. All right, movie, uh, movie news. First up, a uh, rare occurrence has happened. Someone who has spent years retired from being on the screen is returning to the movies. Um, Guess the actor. 
Well, I know the actor. I don't have to guess. Yeah, you wrote the story. I wrote, so. I wrote the story. <laughs> but, but if I had to take a wild guess, um, I mean, Martin Lawrence is having a good comeback, right? It's not Martin Lawrence. No? <laughs> no, it's Rick Moranis. Um, he retired. Yes, he retired. Uh, he retired fam- after his wife died to spend more time yes. with his kids. Famously, after, of course, the success, the huge, immense success of the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids franchise with Disney. Right, and he had just, that was coming off the heels of Ghostbusters, right. also huge. Yeah, he was a big name in the 80s and early 90s, but he is back, thanks to Disney, because they are bringing back the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids franchise. You know, it's weird because I was just watching this. Yeah. Because uh, I saw on Disney Plus before this got announced. Yeah. I was like, wow, these are so, like, 90s-esque. They really are. They're they really products are. of their time. Yes. Uh, but yeah, a sequel is currently in the works called Shrunk. Shrunk? You know, because Disney likes their past tense one-word titles, like Frozen. Well, it's also Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> right, exactly. So. But I guess just Shrunk? Simple. Simple. Okay. Uh, that will see his character, Rick Moranis' character, Wayne Zelinsky. 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 Star aside, alongside his son, played by Josh Gad, as he aspires to be a great scientist just like his father. Disney was trying to quiet the rumors that he would be returning, but news of a done deal is too good to pass up, so it got out. And the internet is happy. The internet loves Rick Moranis. The film's original director, Joe Johnston, is back at the helm, believe it or not. He's still That somehow is more unbelievable to me than getting Rick Moranis back. That Joe Johnston is still around making movies? Joe Joe Johnston still wants to direct a movie. That's that's just me, though. I mean, Um, he did do the first Captain America. That's true. That's true. No one likes that one. What, no one likes that one. So. what do you mean? People like that one. Yeah, not as much. You know, not as much. There are better Captain Americas out there, but... And before you guess, uh, as I mentioned up top, this will be a theatrical release. It will not be a Disney Plus movie. See, I would have guessed Disney Plus. So I think that if you get Rick Moranis back for something, you put it in a damn theater. My question is you that not this might... Rick Moranis. This might not be a full-on Rick Moranis vehicle. This sounds more like the Josh uh, Gad vehicle. The way that they're plotting this actually sounds like there's going to be a lot of Rick Moranis in this. I could see Rick Moranis and Josh Gad Maybe like splitting some time here. Either like both get shrunk down and they have to like work together. Oh, maybe. That might be it. That might be a good a plot for that. I mean, it depends on how much he wants to actually be involved. Yeah. But that would be a good plot, you know. Like oh. learn, like learn from the father's mistakes, because yeah. technically they have both been shrunken down before. True. Yes. Yes. And uh, <laughs> honey, we shrunk ourselves. Yep. Anyway, I watched that on Disney Plus too. <laughs> you did. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for that story. Uh, good thing uh, to see Rick Moranis back in action, because I bet that his uh, kids are probably grown ass adults by now. Yep. Uh, so, probably like, hey, dad, you might yeah. want to get out of the house hey, now. You want to do something? <laughs> Anyway, oh, so there you go. That's a good, good, uh, feel-good story. Yep. Next up, we got some bits. So I could not decide on any one of these stories because either any one of these could have been a good news, and I didn't want to, you know, have these go to waste. I'm glad to report that you don't have to choose because the bits is here. The bits is here. To save you. Yes. Let's talk about some bits. All right, give me some bits. bits. Give me some bits. All right, first up, cats. 
the movie, ended yes. its domestic run with just $27.2 million. <laughs> That's probably like what it made in one night on Broadway back in 1987. Uh, there you go. That's disgustingly uh, like that's disgustingly bad. Uh, to put that into perspective, Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. even though we just shat on that yes, movie, made more than that. Made more in its opening weekend <laughs> uh, than so, this yeah, did. Look forward to discounted uh, uh, DVDs and Blu-rays of Cats at your local Walmart in about three months. Although I have heard that those who do enjoy the film have a cult cat-like following, so, like, Rocky Horror style uh-huh, yeah, for this, because so it is also musical. I guess I could see a fate where this ends up being a midnight movie like that. Right. You might be right. I mean, it, I mean, it is a musical. People can go and sing along to it, so. Yeah, it could, if you wanted to. Yeah. So, yeah. It is go. something. Uh, second bit, Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne are scheduled to star in The Good Nurse about the serial killer The Angel of Death. Yes, uh, played by Jessica Chastain, who was a famous serial killer nurse. Jessica Chastain was? Uh, no. No, the Angel of Death. The Angel of Death was a famous serial killer (laughs) nurse who they didn't catch on that Uh it was the nurse who was killing all these patients. Okay, but they eventually figured it out? Yeah. But, like, it's, like, one of the most... Yeah. So if you like those murder podcasts, this movie's for you. Or a murder mystery... Both of those things yes. true, could be true. Next up. <laughs> Go ahead. This is just an excuse for me to do the voice. Yes, it? it is. Yes, it is. Thank you for calling Movie Phone. We're sorry. Nobody can answer because the company is bankrupt. <laughs> yes. Movie Phone <laughs> is officially bankrupt. There's only I one know company. I still around. Apparently it was still around. And How many, here's, here's a fun fact then. That means that movie Pass went bankrupt a week before Movie, movie Phone. phone. <laughs> yes. Even though Movie Phone lasted longer in total. Wow. But yeah, Sad. Movie Phone uh, has only one employee left on its payroll. And that's Mr. Movie Phone. Probably no? just, I don't oh. know. <laughs> but yeah, Movie Phone is basically dead, although who is using Movie Phone? I don't think anybody's using Movie Phone in this day of it, uh, like this day and age. Right. Um, you can just pull up movie listings in your phone now, uh, visually. And right, so you, you can pull up movies it. on your phone. Yeah, you don't need movie phone. Because you have movies on your phone. Yes. So you uh, can stream movies on your phone without movie phone. Next up, and I actually heard this, um, the Billie Eilish uh, James Bond theme, No Time to Die, named after the movie. Yes. Scene four. Yes. Uh, is out in a, in, in, around the internet if you are interested in hearing it. It's exactly what you think Billie Eilish singing a Bond theme would sound like. Although it's not what the Bond theme you... It's not a Billie Eilish song. Let's no, that it's not. No. See, that's what surprised me about it. Is I was expecting, oh, this is going to sound like I, Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish but pop no, song. But no, they started playing and I was like, you could literally put anybody into this song. Mm-hmm. And it could, just, it could be the same song. Billie Eilish is singing it and you can tell that it's her. But that is it. It is yeah. just Billy. That's why I phrased it that way. This is Billy Eilish singing a Bond theme, not yeah. a Billy Eilish Bond theme. Right. Those are two different things. So yeah, you could in, you can e- easily like imagine Adele's voice in place. Yes. And it would work. Just I want to say that was done on purpose yeah. to get because the Bond f- film is on a national stage. Um, I'm sorry, a global stage, not oh, just national. Yes. yes that for Billy Eilish to basically expand her audience. Oh, yeah. You don't want to do the Billie Eilish bad guy 
song and straight up alienate I, a good portion of people. I mean, I think it's less that. I think it's more just like they but, had the song already written. Yeah, and it was too. a matter of who is going to be our, our person who sings it. And they probably, some the executive was like, well, well, who's hot right now? Well, who won the Grammys? Yeah, it was like, who's hot right now? Let's let's wait until, like, see how the Grammys, put, like, for this award season, like, uh, uh, checks out and see, like, who who's yeah. on the... Did, was on the top of the list. Did, did this happen with Adele? Like, after she went off the Grammy, she yeah, won some Skyfall? I think there's a trend here. I mean, you could say the same thing. And the same with Sam Smith after yeah, he yeah. won his mm-hmm. Grammy? You could just keep going down the list because, yeah, that seems to be how they do this decision-making process with these Bond themes. It's like, who's who's the hot award winner right now? Who just won the Grammys? Not just maybe just the Grammys, but, like, they probably evaluate, like, the last year in review. Yeah. Like, yeah, who's the thing? Who's the person? And Billie Eilish is that person right now. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I was actually kind of disappointed that it didn't have more of her personality in it. Right. But... You're right. It, does, it did sound like... It's just a... It's a, just a, Bond, a theme. Bond theme. It's just a Bond theme. That's yeah. all this is, and it just has Billie Eilish's breathy voice in it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what that is. But she does have a pretty good voice on her own, with yeah. it being yeah, said. Yes, for sure. She's yeah. talented uh, with that voice, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of James Bond, uh, No Time to Die premiered in China. Uh, No. No, it did not premiere in China. And it will not premiere in China. The tour canceled. The tour for its premiere in uh, China was canceled and will not occur uh, because of worries about coronavirus. Coronavirus will come up again later in this podcast, in fact. Dun, dun, dun. Not not from either of us, though, thankfully. Thankfully. Yes. Knock on. There's no wood here. uh, I got wood. Yeah, gross. Uh-huh. Uh, it's what's a tag. Gross, gross. Uh, Parasite and Memories of Murder by Bong Joon-ho are going to be released by the Criterion Collection. Uh, be a part of that Criterion Collection there. Smart. Yes. This is very smart to capitalize mm-hmm. on this Oscar win. Uh, it's really, like, I think helping a lot of people kind of do a deep dive into his mm-hmm. past film catalog, and people mm-hmm. are, uh, yeah, are, are way into this stuff. So. Yeah, because I... Do believe a lot of people didn't know or have no clue that he's been around wow. for the past twenty odd years, right? Yeah, uh, including my dad, because after he <laughs> won, yeah. he sent me a text saying, "See, yeah. anyone can win." I'm like, "Yeah, he's been around though. Yeah, he's not new. <laughs> he's not new." Yeah. Uh, and lastly, in the bits, or at least the uh, last couple bits, because I think you have something else to add. Um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, your South Park creators, are on uh, currently uh, working on a new film. No word about what this will be, whether it will be a, uh, a live-action film, kind of it's like their cur- past work. It's currently being titled Alma Junction, based off of Alma Junction, Colorado. I don't know what that means. Uh, that could just be a placeholder until an actual thing happens. Yeah. But they are working on a new film. Yeah, unclear. Maybe this is basketball too. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think about that option, did you? Yeah. It might be. Or a film adaptation of the Book of Mormon could happen. It could happen. I'm actually surprised that hasn't been optioned yet. I'm pretty sure someone has Somebody an option has on it. it. Somebody has is just sitting on it somewhere. Just like the Wicked, just been, yeah, been sitting on. just on top of it. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows. That's it for the bits. You have, uh, unless you have one thing, I forget what it was, but you said something before we pressed record earlier that you needed to add. Oh no, no, no I need to add TV. TV. Never mind. 
Never mind, we're good then. So no. that's it for the bits for movie news, and that's it for movie news. I believe that's it. Yeah, we're done. I don't have anything else to add for movie cool. news. Cool, then let's move nope. on. Oh, I guess real briefly I should say um, uh, the internet is aflame today because they announced uh, the Blu-ray plans for uh, Star, Ri- Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, oh. including a giant nine-movie package. Yeah. So pre-orders now, I'm sure, if you want to grab all nine Star Wars films re-released on Blu-ray. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that the details were released, and I was like, ah, "Do I really need all people nine?" People really don't like the cover of Rise of Skywalker. Ah, I wonder why. I wonder how people actually like Rise of Skywalker, though. Hmm. <laughs> There's gonna be a taco on the Masked Singer just saw that on TV. Ah, uh, yes. Anyway. speaking of tacos, let's move <laughs> to sports. Let that has nothing to do with tacos. <laughs> yes, it's time to talk. Oh about no, it actually does have to deal with uh, sports. Well, we'll get there. Uh, we have to talk about television, and to start with television, we always start with sports. Yes. And our first story, of course, is follow-up from last week's talk about the basketball all-star weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, it happened, and Team LeBron won it. Dun, 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 dun. Won the all-star game. Yes, and the Team LeBron tried to get LeBron the ball so he could make the game-winning shot and gave him MVP honors. Yeah. But, no, he, he missed like three in a row before... He, James Harden was like, all right, we're just going to try to end this here. And he was like, all right, my turn to shoot. By the end, end, Kawhi Leonard won the Kobe Bryant MVP award. Yes, uh, David Stern later came out and said uh, that it will forever now be known as the Kobe Kobe Bryant Bryant MVP MVP award. award. Is that because Kobe Bryant won it a certain amount of times? Kobe Bryant is tied for winning it the most most? amount of times. Okay, who's he tied with? Jordan? No. No? No. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, someone from, like, the 70s. <laughs> okay, something nobody remembers. Yeah. Um, I take that back. Obviously, most a lot of you basketball fans are probably yelling because, yes, you do remember, but I'm not a basketball fan. I'm so also I not going to look it up right now. Yeah, not going to look it up. Um, also, um, uh, I guess that the dunk contest, the guy who was expected to win did not. Yes. Uh, we don't have that here, but I heard that. Oh, yes, I think I... Uh, Aaron Gordon, who was supposed to win because he dunked over Taco... There's your taco. Yes, that was why I bring up taco. <laughs> taco is a seven foot seven player, and Aaron Gordon cleared him. I don't know what you mean by that. By the way, who is Taco? He's a seven foot seven basketball. Player. Why is his name Retired. Taco? Uh, he's um, ethnic. Okay, but why is he named Taco? That doesn't help. Uh, that's just his name. Is he from Mexico? No. Then why is he named Taco? I, I don't know. I didn't name him. <laughs> okay. He dunked probably over, short for something. He dunked over Taco? Yes, he dumped over Taco. He cleared <laughs> him. He jumped over a 7'7 seven seven person and, and cleared him. And still didn't win the and dunk so, contest. Not only that, but every single dunk he did was a 50. He yeah. had 250 by the time he got to the final dunk. This sounds like a home run derby situation. It is exactly like a home yeah. run derby situation. <laughs> where the guy... Hit record after record after record <laughs> and lost. Yeah. Yeah. God, that sounds... That sucks. Yes. Uh, we blame D. Wade for this because he was a homer and gave it to uh, Jones Jr. who was on Miami Heat because he wanted him to win because he's a homer. At least that's what the internet's saying. Yeah. Because he's like, uh, yeah, gave him an eight. I was like, nope, nope. I was like, yeah. ah, damn it. F you. And like, even when he was accepting his award, it was just like silent. No one was like cheering. Everyone thought that Aaron Gordon yeah. should have won. It's like, wait a minute. Because he had 50 in the first 
Because you get two uh, initial drunk dunks. Drunks. 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 Two initial drunks in order to get to the, to the finales. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was, you got 50, then a 50, and then you get two for the finals. It was 50 and 50 again. Yeah. And then you did 50 again in the overtime. <laughs> and then he jumped over Taco. And then he jumped <laughs> over Taco. And then he jumped over Taco. Yeah. It's not like he just right. continuously did. No, so he proved then, himself over and over and over again. Still and they didn't win. Yeah. And because of it, he said he was no longer going to be competing in the dunk competition because this is the second time it happened to him. Sad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's basically it for the, the basketball uh, all-star stuff, unless you have anything else to add for basketball before we move into other sports. Nope, not for basketball. Uh, but there's still basketball to be played. Season will yeah, be over in April. in earnest. Uh, but, uh, side basketball, March Madness is happening in one March. <laughs> in March. Yes. So we need to start talking about what we're going to do for our bracket. Yes, our okay. March Madness again. Bring that back. Yep. All right. Uh, and other sports. Uh, so, yeah, a uh, roller coaster of emotions, some ups and some downs in uh, NASCAR this week with the Daytona 500. Uh, Denny Hamlin won the race. Denny! But the big story was, of course... The horrific crash that Ryan Newman suffered, but survived. Okay, I'll see. How much of this do you know? I have been listening to this on the radio, uh, on and off, and today uh, he is walking. Yes, today he walked out of the hospital, held hand in hand by his two daughters. Yes. Um. So that is good news. Did you at all see the crash happen? No, no, I, I uh, make a point to not look at stuff like that. Okay, because not only did his car flip yeah. initially, but his car, while, while flipping, while upside down, and while driver's side, yeah. another car going at 170 plus miles an hour hit him straight into that wind, that mesh of a windshield and sent yeah. him flying, skidding upside down, car catching in the flames. Yeah, it sounds brutal. It was brutal. I was watching this at work because, oh, that's the other thing that happened at NASCAR. Uh, the president uh, did the um, and gentleman start your engines. He was also the grand marshal. Right. Um, tried to get a photo. Op. Didn't get the one he wanted. Used a separate different one. Uh, internet immediately caught on. Uh-huh. Uh, so that happened. Uh, but also that uh, Daytona 500 on Sunday, the official race, Got rained out. Only the second time it's ever happened. So they had to race on Monday. President's Day. Yeah. That's the third time it's ever done that. Yep. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, some, um, some highs, some definite lows, but it's yes. good to hear that he is up and moving around and that that didn't yes. now injure he, him as much as that could have. And that it, could have been a, easily could have been like... Basically, everyone who saw it was like, he's not, nope, nope, he's going to be out, he's going to be gone. So yeah, it is a miracle of modern medical science that that man is is moving. It's also a testament to how safe these cars Mm -hmm. are, Mm -hmm. uh, because NASCAR runs at 200 miles an hour, and... And they need to be safe to survive something exactly like this. Yes. Um, yeah, it goes to show you that if your uh, organize your sports organization actually cares about the safety of their uh, competitors, mm-hmm. uh, that they will work hard for it. Yep. <laughs> Looking at you, <laughs> National Football League. You mean the XFL? Both, really. Let's <laughs> talk about 
both here. Also, still playing fantasy football <laughs> yes, XFL. Also, XFL still on. Uh, undefeated fantasy XFL champ right here. Mm-hmm. Still good with strong. All two weeks. <laughs> All two weeks. All right. Uh, and other sports here. Uh, baseball spring training games start this very weekend. So yes. Get excited. Um, as we reported last weekend, pitchers and catchers reported yep. on Friday. It's time. Uh, everyone else it has been reported, uh, I think, today. Or, sorry, yesterday? Yeah. Um, yes. Shohei Otani yes. of the Los Angeles Angels got himself a driver's license. Hell yeah. And then he pulled up to spring training in a Tesla. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Good for him. Yeah. You know, like using that baseball money for something. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so because all the teams are in spring training right now, yes. so are the Houston Asterix. And they are being bombarded by media questions constantly. Uh, They did come out with an initial statement from the team basically apologizing. And, you know, by apologizing, you're admitting that it happened, right? A little bit. A little bit? Is that what apology is? That would make sense, yes. That's the definition of an apology? I admit my mistake? Yeah, that I made a mistake. Yes, yes. Not, Not we didn't do it, but they admitted we made a mistake. And now... Basically everyone, not just in the MLB world, but also in football and basketball, are cl- are clamoring at uh, the uh, commissioner to revoke their trophy and their World Series status. Or World I Series still don't status. think it's going to happen. I still don't think that they'll be able to be convinced. Because it's, that's never happened, right? In the history of the league? In the There's hist- been asterisks. Uh, in the history of the league, only one other time that I can think of. Uh, but that wasn't to win. That was to throw the game, throw the World Series. So it's different. It's a different thing. And so, like, yeah, I don't think there's a precedent for this specific thing. So, yeah, I don't think it'll happen. I think just think that they'll just the league will try to downplay it as much as possible and try to play up other elements of the season. Probably will ignore the Astros completely and try to like make the narrative like, "Hey, we've moved, we've all moved on, haven't you?" I bet that that's what happens. I mean, they're gonna bury this thing. I mean, the way our current news cycles work, where things <laughs> constantly, get constantly yeah. are changing and get buried yes. and moved on, it will it will get buried. Yes, but I also do believe that this affected, you know. MLB players who play 182 games uh-huh. over the course of seven months. Yeah. And well, they're continually just attacking. It will be interesting to see what actually happens at Astros games, especially when they're away. Like, it'll be interesting to see what happens there if the fans of the other teams, what extremes they will go to to show their displeasure and distaste for the Houston Astros. And where do the Houston Astros uh, play their first official opening day game? <laughs> I don't know. It might be local. It might, might, be, might, be, around here. might be something down the street we could get, possibly go be, to. It might be something that I am going to. Uh, <laughs> so I may be there in person to tell you. Um, but that will be for the uh, podcast that happens after April 4th, 2020. So yes. stay tuned for that. But, uh, man, that might be a fun night. Uh, <laughs> right. It's a uh, uh, Trout Bobblehead night. It's too. Trout Bobblehead night? It's, uh, yeah. It's not Wall Calendar night? No, it's Trout Bobblehead. Oh, man. Usually the first ones are always, like, wall calendars. Well, so they have for a the week season. before that's technically still a spring training game against the Dodgers. Oh, yeah, the exhibition. So I think that might be that week. Uh, maybe. Anyway. 
Anyway. All right. We need to move on. More stuff happened. Because more stuff happened. Well, actually, one more sports story before we move out of sports. Uh, well, fighting is a sport, I suppose. UFC uh, fight this weekend. Wilder versus Fury 2. Yes. The rematch uh, this weekend on pay-per-view or ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Yeah. I believe if you have ESPN Plus, you do get a you discount. Get it. Yeah. I uh, know. You don't get it for free. You, you have it. to pay. I mean, you get a discount. Yeah, you can okay. get severely discounted. Severely. Yes. I like a severe discount. Uh, it's like <laughs> 25 30 bucks, I think. It's a pretty good discount. Yeah. So, yeah. Anything else on sports before we move on? Um, we In hockey, um, the first outdoors um, hat trick took place mm. as the Kings played the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Um by Tyler Toffoli of the L.A. Kings, only for him to be traded two days later by the L.A. Kings. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> uh, so that happened. Um, first hat-trick in an outdoor venue. Cool. And then, yeah, he's gone, and then so is Alex Martinez, and that's basically that 70s line is yeah. officially gone. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. Sorry, Kings. Uh, but rebuilding here. Work on it. Uh, but yeah, hockey is still a thing going on. Still Please watch it. Yeah. Don't forget about it. Don't forget about it. All right. Now let's move on. So uh, that brings us out of sports. That brings us into television news proper. Our first story is less television, more politics. But hey, it's televised sometimes. It is televised. Also, it has television personalities. It's that time of year again. It is time for the White House Correspondents Association's dinner. Um, and this year, the host was announced to be... None other than SNL's veteran, Keenan Thompson. Everyone loves Keenan Thompson. It's true. They found somebody in the middle enough <laughs> to please both sides. And uh, someone who's willing to accept said uh, job. <laughs> but they couldn't be 100% non-controversial because they chose Hassan Minaj as the featured entertainer for the night. And, uh, somebody who's known for his uh, Netflix show, Patriot. Patriot Act. Which uh, premiered which after the last time he was there. Extremely anti-Trump. So, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting choices that they did there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, this is a return to form because if you have been paying attention to this kind of thing last couple of years, last year they didn't have an entertainer at all. It was Ron Chernow discussing the history of journalism and the First Amendment. Sounds like fun. <laughs> hey, let's see a free dinner. <laughs> and then the year before that, of course, was the year uh, where Michelle Wolf. Uh, another uh, former Daily Show correspondent yes. uh, uh, went on and uh, ruffled some feathers. Uh, right, before she had her own Netflix special right, and series. now over, I believe. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's no immediate word on whether the president will actually be attending this year. Uh, or any year. Because he famously did not attend the last couple. Yes, um, being the first president to do not, so. Yeah, to not. Uh, yeah. Because he's a baby. Uh, that's not to be. That's not to say that Michelle Wolf has her own issues. I'm not going to go into it right now. But anyway. Anyways, Keenan Thompson. Everyone loves Keenan Thompson. <laughs> yeah, Keenan Thompson. You know what? Fine. He's I'm, all that. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with him um, in general as a person. I think he gets bad material, uh, so it's not necessarily his fault. No. Uh, but, but yeah, um, this is a weird. Like I feel kind of bad for the dude because it's not. It's not a fun job. No. Most of this thing. But this is also him. You know, branching out outside of SNL, yeah, I guess. part part of that whole 
global thing. I feel like he's been doing a pretty good job of that in the last year or so. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been outside. He's had stuff yeah. like producing. A lot of behind the camera work. Yeah. Yeah. Our second story has to do with uh, Netflix streaming because we have a couple of new Netflix shows that are aimed towards uh, us video game players. You, you're gamers, if you will. Does this belong to video game news? Uh, no, not really. No? Uh, okay. I guess you could say that this this straddles the line. It, straddles, it straddles. straddles the, the TV line? The TV and video game line, yeah. yeah. So, we talked about a, lot, a lot about the video game company Blizzard here on this podcast, and lately it's yes. been a lot of negative news. But this is a positive for Blizzard fans, potentially as they will finally see some of their favorite Blizzard franchises on their television screen in the form of a TV show. Da, 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 da. Diablo and Overwatch are both getting animated series Damn, based so on them. Not Warcraft. No, not Warcraft. you have to see that terrible movie if you want to get Warcraft <laughs> material. No, Diablo and Overwatch series are in the works at Netflix. The Diablo series will be an anime-style show, much like the, the adaptation of Castlevania, also on the network. This is according to the LinkedIn profile of Nick Van Dyke, co-president of Activision Blizzard Studios, who previously served as a producer on the Netflix original animated series, Skylanders Academy, because that's also an Activision Activision property. property. Um, This sounds like Activision wanting to branch out more than it does Blizzard wanting to do it. It sure does. So Diablo is getting an animated adaptation rendered in anime style, as we mentioned, which is currently in pre-production and will release worldwide through Netflix. Overwatch has frequently flushed out its backstory with CGI animated shorts, including the Overwatch 2 announcement cinematic from uh, late last year. Mm -hmm. Activision is also working on a Call of Duty movie, although it's been announced that that project has been put on hold. Uh, Several movies are planned, with the Call of Duty cinematic universe of sorts being built, with the first to be directed by Stefano Solima, who directed Sicario, Day of Soldado. That was a good film, but this does sound like Activision wanting to branch out its media into yes, other sure. media. The Call of Duty film, by the way, uh, Joker writer Scott Silver was brought in to co-author the script. So, the, and the that was obviously not the best part of that. So, film. out of the three of these things, so I think that Overwatch is the easiest to see this work because Overwatch already has the deep. Uh, like roster of characters Mm -hmm. you already have fans that know and love these characters intimately and want to see stories about them i think that that's a brilliant brilliant idea also this formula has worked before see x-men the animated series i mean yeah see any ensemble series oh yeah no it's it's i could see this working it's just a matter of making sure that they nail the audience for this thing Mm -hmm. uh i mean the overwatch games are like are are like t rating so if you're aimed towards kind of like young adult kind of teenage kind of like audience i think that's where you gotta do what you gotta do for this one it will be interesting to see if they go full on animation like voltron or shira yeah, that's a good question. I would imagine that this is uh, an opportunity to do a CG series so that way they can kind of put it in the same kind of world as their uh, CG um, promotional uh, movies. Mm-hmm. That being said, I could also see a traditionally animated version of the Overwatch characters. So either way, I just think that it has to be animated. Which one... Uh... I guess, would be cheaper to make. I mean, that actually depends, because my understanding is that... Because, like, they already have the character models that they're going to use it for uh, so CG. yes, they do, but if they do a CG series, 
I 100% bet that they outsource it and they do not do it in-house. Okay. Because, yes, they do have a world-renowned CG team at Blizzard. Mm-hmm. But they work so hard on the video games that I do not think that they will have time to make a full series of... a full anima- season of animation. I really doubt it. So if they're going to do it, they're going to outsource it to another studio. So the question is then, do do they do like what Disney did and give them the assets mm-hmm. to like make their stuff Maybe. available? Maybe. It might be a good idea. Or, sorry, that was Pixar, who... Yeah. They're both? I think both Disney yeah, and Pixar gave assets to Kingdom point. Hearts. Yes, yes. I but yeah, so. but they had to create their own. They but yeah, I imagine that, yeah, we see some sort of, like, yeah, something, like a little bit of a downgrade from the quality that we've seen from them before, but mm-hmm. nonetheless. But yeah, nonetheless, a good idea. Diablo, on the other hand, uh, I guess it, something in the Castlevania re- like lane works mm-hmm. for it. Um, but yeah, definitely for an older audience. Um, See, I would go with more like Attack on Titan with that. Eh, no, it, it'll be more closer to that, uh, that Castlevania series, I think. Because yeah. that works. That's a formula that works. But as for the Call of Duty movie, I do not understand why that needs to happen. Wouldn't that just... I It'd feel just like be a war any, movie. Yeah, any Call of Duty movie would just feel like a freaking um, Michael Bay, Tom Clancy Tom adaptation. Clancy. You know, like it yeah. just wouldn't... Yeah, but hey, Tom Clancy films make money. Yeah, did 20 years ago. There hasn't been one of those in a long time. Uh, Jack Ryan would like a word with you. That's a television series. That's Amazon. not a movie, so yeah. I don't okay, know. Michael B. Jordan would like a word with you. Michael B. Jordan always wants a word with me, and I keep uh, rejecting his calls. Damn it. Tell me when he's on the line. I need to talk to him. To talk I to have him. this great Space Jam 2 idea that he can do. <laughs> you need to tell him about uh, Michael C. Jordan, Michael D. Jordan. Yes. Warn him. He's up and comers. <laughs> I wonder what they're doing right now. Michael, uh, C. Jordan, Michael D. Jordan. Michael C. Jordan is, <laughs> I think, graduating. Michael D. Jordan. No, sorry. Michael D. Jordan's graduating. Michael C. Jordan is currently in the offseason. Oh, you're right. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Not gonna make sense to any of any of the people listening to it. Hey, anyway. that, that is for the serialized watchers. <laughs> that is like that nugget of deep lore. That's like, time. oh, that's from like season two. Yeah, they yeah. brought it back. I yeah. get that because I've been listening and watching this thing <laughs> for all these years. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, so that's it for that story. Let's move on. You have some thoughts. You watched some television on some streaming networks this week. Yes, so... Uh, you got your stream on. My doctor was out, so I got my stream on. Mm. Uh, or rather, I put it on and did other stuff. Sure, yes. As, you, as streaming. As you do. Efficient. Yes. Uh, so, first up, Disney Plus had been advertising um, their original film. Yes. Uh, Timmy Failure. Timmy Failure. Um... Colon, Colon mistakes, mistakes were made. made. Yes. Um, what the hell is this? And is this yes or no? Is this uh, based on a uh, uh, like kid's book? I'm gonna rewind here. Okay. Uh, back in my youth, back in my day, back in your day, back in my day, when I would read the comics. Yes. Uh, in the newspaper, when you know that was still a thing. Yes. I mean, it is still a thing. I was but. actually just talking to my girlfriend about this. Yeah. So I would read the comics uh, on a pretty yes. daily basis. As, as did I. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, one of my favorite ones I would always go to is 
Pearl Before Swine. Yes, I myself was a, uh, a common uh, reader of uh, Pearls Before Swine. Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was, it was a good, good kind of meta humor, kind of dark humor, yeah, kind of narcissistic humor. Yeah. In very cartoon form, it was also easy to understand. What does this have to do with Timmy Finley? Oh, I'm going to get there. So, um, oh, the writer. Wait a minute. The writer. Oh, this is before swine. Oh, this is that. Stephen Pastis. Oh, my brain is being blown. Right yes, now. Stephen Pastis. Um, took went from that doing uh-huh. that cartoon series, uh, that comic series, to making a book, a okay. series of books, and then eventually getting a deal to write for TV. Oh. And this is one of those. Okay, I didn't know it was the same dude. I didn't either wow. until I was like, okay, I keep seeing this thing. Let me see what it actually is about. And under the okay. credits, it says written by Stephen Pattis. That's crazy. And I'm like, wait. And you looked it up? That name sounds familiar. And you realized so why like, does this name sound familiar? I was like, okay. That's, that's why. I had no idea. That's amazing. There you go. Mind blown. So that is okay. why I, I watched it. Okay, cool. So that's why I watched so it. So how was Timmy Failure? Take Pearl Before Swine, that uh, kind of humor, yeah. and turn it into a movie. But, but but very much more for kids, right? This is being marketed and starring and for kids, right? Yes, but the kid in this thing yeah. has that same personality as the rat in the comic books. Okay. Where he takes everything super serious at face value, but yeah. at the same time also has these grandiose ideas yeah. and... Planning schemes. and schemes. Yeah, I don't want to go schemes, but scheming. Yeah. yeah, but because in this, but in uh, uh, Timmy Failure, mm-hmm. he's uh, part of a detective agency okay. who's run by his imaginary uh, polar bear. Right, friend. I've seen the polar bear on the trailer. Yes, uh, the polar bear's name is called Total. Why is he called Total? So that way they can have a detective agency. Uh-huh. Total failure. <sighs> detective agency. Uh huh. And it's that kind of humor throughout this whole thing. Got it. And by that, it is humorous. Mm -hmm. I did enjoy it. Um, The also because I enjoyed the Pearls Before Swine comics, and it takes heavily from that in terms of like the characters they brought out, and especially in the kid and the main uh, protagonist in this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It does. It takes place in Seattle, Stumptown. They bring that up constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that things always go down in Stumptown. <laughs> um, and because it is through the eyes of a kid, it has a wild and vivid imagination. Sure. Um, and some of the jokes are very spot on for uh, Stephen Pass's kind of humor. Mm-hmm. Where, because he's a kid, he takes things literal and not deserve, and like twist words to not mean what they are, but because of the way. Because you don't have any context for it, as a kid, it's like, oh, this must be a literal thing. Um, mm. Like I think uh, one of them was like, uh, just an example, was like, uh, like oh, he's the gatekeeper, and like, so like, like oh, he's a gatekeeper, eh? And you just see him like t- stealing gates off of people's <laughs> lawns, and they just like hoarding them. I could totally see that in one of his comics. That's yeah. Yeah, but that's like the kind of humor right. in this uh, film. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is all right. It is an all right It'd thing. It'd be a fun thing to watch with kids if you have kids. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a stream it for me. I yeah, saw it. I, I would recommend it's it. It's on streaming. Like, <laughs> because, like, 
because you like you enjoy yeah, pro yeah, that sounds all right. Yeah, it is an all right thing. Um, well, it's only dad. My, I, I liked it. I, I, my dad was a big fan of the strip. So. Yeah, which you know, after I watched, did, yeah. So as I was watching it and add the Steven passes in my mind, mm-hmm. because the kid wears the red scarf everywhere and has the brown shirt, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, I've seen that image before. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and do to the. Uh, Specifically, the winter versions of Pro Force yeah, Wine. You yeah. see the rat wearing the yeah. red scarf. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's. Uh... Yeah, so it's like, aesthetic. Yeah. It's like, okay, now it makes a hot, lot more sense. And I understand more of where all this humor is coming from. Yeah. Because I think if you don't have that, it kind of feels really off to you. Like, yeah, it might not be something that, like. That a sense of a, a kind of humor that really grabs you unless you are already predisposed to like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. But that being said, if you haven't read any pros before swine, go check it out. You know, those are yeah. those are really good uh, yeah, comics. In, there. In fact, one of the nice things about newspaper comics is that they're pretty much free for everybody on the internet. You just have to go to comics.com or King's Feature Syndicate's website or whatever, whoever the distributor, mm-hmm. distributor is and find them and usually they're posted every day uh, new strips. I don't know if he currently still is writing pearls? I don't know if it's I don't know if he's yet. writing it but I think it is still a continuing strip. Yeah, I don't know if they ended or not. Uh, so yeah. Cause it might I, be still going. Yeah. One of my favorite things about pearls was that he would uh, every now and then insert himself into it and have yeah, the rat yeah, he was a char- talk to active him. character in the strip. He was an yeah. active character in his own strip. Yeah. Yeah. You know it would be a fun uh, March Madness bracket? Newspaper comics? <laughs> <laughs> it would be for like literally no one in 2020, but it would be funny. Yes, but you know, it would come down to <laughs> Peanuts versus Family Circle. Oh, no, no, no. It would be Peanuts, ver- it would versus, be Garfield? Peanuts versus Garfield? Uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Let's be real. Oh, Calvin and Hobbes, yeah. It would yes. have to be, right? But is Calvin and Hobbes in the newspaper, though? No, but it was been all. It would be all time, right? Yeah, okay. So yeah, it would definitely that would come down to peanuts and Calvin and Hobbes and Calvin and Hobbes would win. So no, we just <laughs> did it. Actually, we're done. <laughs> we actually just get there's your winner right there. Anyway, <laughs> all right, we need to move on. All right, uh, you saw two other things. Uh, yes, so I saw two other things. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk briefly about because I can only talk briefly about it. Okay, good. It is uh, yeah. love only is blind. Love is blind. Take Netflix's The Circle, throw in okay. The Bachelor, Okay. you get Love is Blind. All right. Um, they get, like, I think six men and six women who get into these pods and communicate. <laughs> they call them pods. They're basically pods. rooms. Pods. Uh, and they communicate to so, uh, someone on the other side who they cannot see. Okay. But they also have to propose to them. Okay. And they have to be married within 40 days. Okay. Jeez. That's yes. A lot. Um, you know. Pressure's on. It's, well, you know, they get engaged. Like, everyone in this in this thing gets engaged within three days. Uh-huh. Um, they just, they're talking to them. It's like, they, all they do, they get cut out all electronic communication. So, it's basically, you're either in your, in like the male dorm or the uh, female dorm, mm-hmm. talking, relaxing, or sleeping. Or, you're in these pods trying to like find someone to right. match with. Right. Or trying to propose to. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's the whole love is blind thing. Oh, uh-huh. hosted, uh, I forgot to say who this is hosted by. Oh, okay. The Lachaise. 
Wow, Nick Lachey? And wife Lachey. Wow. Yes. So they're hosting this experiment, basically saying, is love really... She has no name, apparently. I don't know her name. <laughs> Unfamous Lachey. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they're, in this, they're in these pods, and they're trying to basically, like, find love. And, like, yeah. is love truly blind? Can you fall in love with someone for who they are without ever actually meeting them? Well, you know, that'd be great as a like, experiment. If all these people weren't so goddamn hot and good looking. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably part, also part of the point. I mean, <laughs> maybe, but like, because they do meet each other. Like, after they, like, they leave the pods and they go, like, on the honeymoon. Uh-huh. And then they, like, eventually move in together. Yeah. And eventually get married. Uh, in this 40 day experiment. You go on the honeymoon before they get married, wow. Well, it's on, like, a honeymoon. <laughs> they go to Mexico and, yeah. like, spend time with each other uh, to get to know each other more. But, yeah, it's like one of the first things they do after the poster interviews is, oh, my God, they're so damn hot. Oh, my God, she's so hot. Oh, my God, they're so good looking. This is, like, really my fiance. And so, yeah, because they already went through the hard part of basically trying to figure out whether they actually were a match. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess by that point it's like, oh, wow, they were actually, not only was I attracted to their personality, but I was also attracted to their face-ality. Yes. (laughs) Except for one, that's where all the drama comes in because one of the guys um, has slept with guys in the past, and apparently that's a deal breaker for the girl. Oh, and one of the guys is shorter than all the other guys, and so apparently she didn't sleep with him initially. Oh, because and then like when they all met up together. Like, everyone's talking about, oh, like, we just jumped each other's bones. Like, we all have sex. And she's like, they're like, just like, keeps like, chugging uh, alcohol. Yeah, like, and then, like, on the guy's side, like, okay, how many times did you hit that ass? Or, like, how many times did you do that? Like, he's just over there, just like, nope. chugging the alcohol, too. Yeah, yikes. And they'll, they'll, they'll get back together, like, in the room. They're like, ah, are we really going to do this? So, this sounds like they, they have just taken all of the charm and nuance of the circle in front right out the window. Kind of, yeah. This is more of your traditional, like, this is your tra- this is ridiculous... Circle, like, ridiculous relationship stuff. Yeah, this is less less social commentary. Like yep, and everything changes when you leave the pod. Thank you, chat. <laughs> everything changes. Yes. It is super ridiculous. It's one of those... It's another ridiculous Netflix yeah, thing. Yeah, that sounds like it's too much. You me. know who it's for. Yeah, it's not for me. Not I know it's not for, for you, but it's... Uh, <laughs> For uh, some some certain people who oh, like yeah. people dumb stuff. Oh, yeah, people who are obsessed with stuff like The Bachelor. Yes. will love this. Yes. Yeah. Like. Right. It's fun, it's hilarious, it's stupid. But then again, it is only a, as they put it, three-week event where they have okay. uh, five episodes now, five episodes next week, and then a finale wedding episode um, in two weeks. Got it. So this will be over fast. Speaking of over fast, so before you get to that last thing that you watched, I just want to mention I did, forgot I did actually watch something on Netflix this week. I will it will be a one sentence. Yes, we know it's for you, chat. We know it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a one sentence uh, review of this thing. What did you watch? We watched Next in Fashion on Netflix. Uh, it's a fashion show. It is Project Runway. Oh, okay. Like that is literally like every step of the way they. Like went and tried to make a fashion like a, a fashion show exactly like Project Runway, and they did. The only difference is it's with teams. So this is Netflix's Project Runway, but with teams of two. 
Okay. Now Next this is fashion. this is different from the <laughs> This is different from uh, the current, current project, project runway. runway that is running on uh Bravo, not Bravo. TLC. Uh, no Bravo, it went back Bravo. I think it went back to Bravo, right? Whatever it's on. Um it's different from that project runway. And it's also different from the one that Heidi Klum was creating. Correct. This has none of the original Project Runway people, nor does it has the current Project Runway people. It is a completely unrelated show that just happens to have the exact structure of Project Runway. Okay. But with teams. Okay. Uh, we watched one episode of that. That's all. That, that's literally all I have to say. So it's the Lego Masters. that sentence will determine whether you actually want to check it. It's the Lego Masters of, yeah, of like fashion. Took, but even more like more straight, like this is just Project Runway. Okay, it's just Project yeah, it's, Runway. It's just Project Runway with different people. Okay. All right. Um, this last thing that you saw, explain to me what Lock and Key is. So, Lock and Key is a family about the locks okay. who move into Key House. You mean your guys' friends? The uh, spelt the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But no, not really. Uh, not really, though. No. <laughs> uh, where... When is the Heidi Klum Tim Gunn thing happening? You know what? I have no idea. They talked about that like two years ago. That is an Amazon thing, so ask oh, Jeff Bezos. That's why I don't keep tabs on anything happening in Amazon. Right, that is an Amazon thing. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. That's why I thought that's what that was. That no, they failed on it. This is a Netflix thing. This is unrelated. Okay. Okay, so lock and key. So lock and key, not that lock. Right. But uh, yes, it is a family of locks okay. who move into the. Family-owned, very old key house. Okay. Uh, hence the title, Lock and Key. And they have key lime pie. Um, actually, do they serve key... I'm trying to think of the ice cream they had was key lime pie. I don't know. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, it was mint chip. <laughs> Ooh. Delicious. And Rocky Road. They make a joke about Rocky Road because the characters who just moved there yeah. had, are on a Rocky oh, Road. Yeah. Yes. Um, they purposely point that out in the okay. show. Uh, this thing is basically like Stranger Things, uh, but with the twist of it dealing with keys, and each of the keys does something different. Yeah. Very supernatural, very magical okay. keys, set of keys that are hidden throughout this house, which brings it to a whole plot, whole point that I'm mm-hmm. just going to blow in there, is, which okay. is all these keys are hidden throughout the house. Who the hell is hiding these keys here? Uh-huh. Because uh, the kids, because magical kids, super kids, super kids, are not magical kids. Well, old fa- the family is basically magical because sure. they own this house and they use the keys. But basically, the kids hear the keys calling out to them and they gravitate to them. And it's like, oh, new key! Here's the new key for the episode, okay. or here's the new key for this one, or here's a new key we'll explore later. It's easy mechanic to do a monster of the week kind of thing. It is a little monster yeah. thing, but there is also an overarching plot of the woman in the well, who is trying to collect all said keys. And okay. there's also the hidden family dynamics of well, our dad didn't want us living here, but then like our dad died, mm-hmm. and now we are moving back in for a we're moving here for a fresh start, but our troubles still come and find us here. Of course, and. Oh, our dad is keeping secrets from us <gasps> type of thing that has been everything. Yeah, stuff like that. So it's follows the traditional tropes of a young adult novel. Yeah. While also being really cool in its setting up its keys and what it's used for. Okay. I 
do have a problem with it just, oh, here's more random keys. Just keep yeah. throwing out there. Like, okay, how many keys are there actually? If you will tell me that, there's like, okay, now I can keep track. There's a finite number of keys, which I assume <laughs> there is a finite number of keys. But who knows? We just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Uh, but this is something that I will continue to watch. I am already, I'm about two episodes. I'm invested. I'm two episodes shy of uh, finishing it, uh-huh. and I already want more episodes than what's giving me. Okay. Um, there go. That being said, on a tagline, I remember feeling this way about Umbrella Academy when it came right. out, and Umbrella Academy season two is slowly coming uh, to yeah, us we'll as well. Soon. Yep. Uh, they just started doing character posters for season two, so that means we should get a trailer sometime soon. Great. Uh, well, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Glad you found another show. Another another good uh, Netflix show. Because, yeah, Christine, uh, when we were watching that Next in Fashion thing, we bounced right off after the first episode. Yeah. So. See if you like Lock and Key. Yeah, I'll ask her if she's stern of that, because that sounds like it would be up her alley. It, it's based off a graphic novel comic book of the same name, okay. Lock and Key. You actually may be familiar with it. Yeah. Um, this is also something that's been stuck in development hell for the past yeah. 10 years um, the original option for this was to be a movie or a series of films okay. back in 2010-2011 everything was getting an option when, for a series of films yes when all those young adult novels were, yeah, were being optioned yep. and then it got troubled got stuck at Lionsgate for a while uh, trying to get adapted then it got switched from a movie to a TV series. Mm-hmm. Didn't get picked up by any networks. It was at Hulu for a while until they um, bounced off of it and then ended up at Netflix. And that's where we are now here with that Netflix. Um, but the actress in this thing, the mm-hmm. kid, or not the kid, the girl, that's one to keep an eye out for. I think she has a good future in acting. Oh. Yeah. All right, that's it for our thoughts about television this week. Is there anything else we need to talk about with television before we can move on safely to the world of cancellations and renewals? I think we're able to move on safely. Thank God. Let's talk about cancellations and renewals. First up, Netflix bringing back sex education for a third season, so you will learn more about sex. In case you didn't already know, all you need to know. ABC is confirmed. I think we talked about this already, but I guess not. Uh, The Good Doctor will be back for a fourth season. Um, yes. Four seasons. I think yep. that's just one thing that just keep renewing. Amazon's Bosch. Yes, the cop show Bosch. Uh, will have its last season, the seventh season will be its last. Upcoming seventh season yep. finale. And now we have deaths. Uh, quite a, quite a lot quite of a deaths. a lot of deaths this week. Uh, um, nothing major, but well, all people who... There is, yes. depending on your audience here, yeah. uh, later. But I'll get to that mostly in the music section. Because yes. uh, you don't actually have it in the death section. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, first up, Jeanette Dubois, age 74, was an actress in uh, shows like Good Times and movies like I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Gray, age 95, a Hall of Fame blues pianist and singer. Mickey Wright, age 85, a Hall of Fame golfer was the AP Athlete of the Year in 1963 and 1964. Mm-hmm. Kelly Nakahara, age 72, an actress in things like it. MASH, Clue, and Three Ninjas Kickback. Gotcha. One of the many sequels to Three Ninjas. Yep. Caroline Flack, this was one, the big one. TV uh, deaths this week. 
age 40, real young, was a TV and radio host and stuff like The X Factor and I'm a Celebrity, etc. But most famous for being the uh, host of Love Island, uh, one of the big sensations from last year. Yes, I've seen a lot of this about her everywhere on the news. Yes, this was a big story. Yep. Um, And then lastly, in your list, uh, John Shrapnel, age 77, an actor in Gladiator, Troy, 101 Dalmatians, among others. There's one more death I'll get to in music, but we'll we'll, we'll get there when we get there. In fact, it's time for music, so oh, I'll hand this over to you. Of. Um, and we talk, but before we talk about that, we talk about the billboard. All right, before we start billboards, with the singles chart, and the singles chart is the yes, Hot 100. It's the same as last week. So let's run through this real quick, <laughs> shall we? Yeah, shall we? Number one, The Box. What's in Ronnie the box? Rich. Number two, Life is Good by Future, but it's really Drake. Yeah. Uh, number three, Circles by Post Malone. It's still circling. Number four, Memories by Maroon 5. Yep. And number five, Dance Monkey by Tones. Nothing and changed. I. Nothing changed. As for your Billboard 200. Stuff changed. Your albums chart. Number one, Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial <laughs> by Roddy Rich. Again, your number one album. Back up there, because nothing else can out. Number two, Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. Uh, number th- it, Swatch Places with number three. Yep. Music to be Murdered by, by Eminem. Yep. Uh, new this week at number four, Father of All, dot, 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 by Green Day. Yes. Yes, that Green Day with yeah. a top five they hit. couldn't even pull off number one record. And, well, they had the Hella Mega Tour, so, yeah. coming out. Tough, yeah. And with number five, once again, Billie Eilish with When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Yep, still there. Still hanging around. And if you don't like any of those albums, we have new music. What am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to, but here are the new releases. This is a truncated list this week, because I was kind of in a hurry. I was doing this, so I basically took the biggest names on the list and just did those. That's so funny. if your favorite artist is missing from this week, uh, I'm sorry. All right. Well, first up, we have Always Tomorrow by Best Coast. Yep, that's the new Best Coast record. Uh, you I, will be listening to this one. Yes, I'll check it out. I don't know. They've had spotty history. <laughs> All right. We also have Map of the Soul 7 yes. by... BTS. This is your big release of the week. This is going to be your number one? Say. This will be your number one, not next week, of course, because there's a week delay, but the week after. It's BTS. Uh, we also have Miss Anthro-Oceana by Grimes. I think it's supposed to be Miss Anthropocene. But there's a zero. Like the Anthropocene era, and yes, the zero is a no. Yes, Grimes. This is the new oh. Grimes record. Uh, long awaited. This is the release after all the... Elon Musk, weird so is this climate not, change, happy is, is thing. Is this not a duet then? Androids. No, this Elon is not featured on this record. No, no, but um, she is pregnant though, right? I mean, technically she was, I guess, a portion of this recording, but I don't know if all of it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It looks like Serena playing doubles in a singles. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yes. Anyway, but yeah, I'll, I'm going to listen to this because I'm just curious to see how this thing turned out. All right, we also have Surrender Your Poppy Field okay. by Guided by Voices. Yep. Are you not familiar with Guided by Voices? No, but I do... have been th- around for like 20 years. I do think Surrender Your Poppy Field is a Wizard of Oz reference. Maybe. Uh, we also have Ordinary Man by Ozzy Osbourne. Yes, yes 
That Ozzy Osbourne. I don't have it in music news here, but it's also uh, relevant that uh, he had a tour uh, behind this record planned, but he has dropped out of it due to health concerns. Isn't so he have, like, be no cancel? Or, does he have cancer? I or don't know what he got, has, but yeah, it was something that happened recently. Brain? Um, that, yeah, I don't know what it is. But yeah, he canceled his entire 2020 tour. Right. Recently. I thought it was like meant like he wasn't like all there. I have no idea. Don't ask me. All I right. just saw the headline. Well, I know they have they're talking about it on the Grammys for uh, carpet. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we also have "Man Alive!" Exclamation point by King Cruel. Yep. Not that King Cruel. Not King K. Rule, no. the Donkey Kong Country character, but King Cruel. King Cruel. King Cruel. All right. Uh, that brings us to. Music news. Music news. And yeah, I said the first story is about a shocking and surprising death. Uh, somebody of somebody who was just last week in our uh, or two weeks ago, sorry, in our top five singles list, if you recall. Well, Brooklyn rapper Pop Smoke was fatally shot Wednesday morning yeah. at at a home in the Hollywood Hills. Law enforcement officials confirmed to the LA Times. He was 20. Yikes. Pop Smoke, born Bashar Bashka, uh, Baraka Jackson, was at a residence in California around 4.30 a.m. when two masked men broke into his home, uh, law enforcement told TMZ. The men allegedly fired multiple shots. He was immediately taken to Cedar sinai Medical Center in West Hollywood, where he was pronounced dead. Quote, we are devastated by the unexpected and tragic loss of Pop Smoke. Uh, a rep for Republic Records said, to which the rapper uh, signed via the imprint Victor Victor. Uh, quote, our prayers and thoughts go out to his family, friends, and fans as we mourn the loss together. Yet another yeah. rapper. Dead young. But young. at least this time... It was, he was murdered. This was not, you know, a drug-related thing. This was not, this was just straight up, like, somebody was out to get him. And they mm-hmm. got him. Uh, but yeah, this is really, really um, uh, dark and really bad timing, considering that he just had a top five Billboard single, mm-hmm. literally two weeks ago. He was just getting all these, like, features. Um, in fact, he is, has a feature on the upcoming... Uh, a Boogie with the Hoodie new record, uh, which comes out, I believe, next week. I believe that is already out. Uh, I thought that was up last week. No, maybe that was out last week. Well, regardless. I think I started my the uh, new, new releases. The new A Boogie the with the Hoodie uh, release has a pop, a pop Smoke feature on it. He was just getting headlines on music blogs that I follow, like, just last week. And, like, now he's already on. Damn. Yeah. It's like, it's, I, yeah, it's, I mean, we've talked about it before on this podcast, but man, what a rough culture. And like, it's, there has to be some sort of like, end to this, but who knows? No, I hate these doubter Yeah, it's a doubter. Stories. But I believe that the second story is not a downer. No, the second story is indeed a, an upper. I, I included this one. I don't really care about this, but I included this one for you because I thought you'd get a kick out of it. Yeah, I do. Because uh, it's about the Foo Fighters. Yes, you love the Foo Fighters. I'll be some day girl. Yeah. Two girls are good. So what are, they, what are they doing? Why are they in the news this week? Well, the Foo Fighters are revisiting their past with the tour to commemorate their first ever outing as a band way back in 1995. Yeah, 20, 25 years. Yep. Dubbed the Van Tour, uh, the Spring Trek will 
The spring track will kick off in Phoenix on April 12th and wrap up in Hamilton, Ontario on May 12th. Only a month? Yeah. Oh, short. short. Uh, each stop will feature a sneak peek at frontman Dave Grohl's new documentary, What Drives Us? Which features fellow road warriors like Black Flag, Dead Kennedys, Metallica, and the Beatles, among others. Uh, the group announced the tour with a message to fans, quote, Congratulations! You're old! <laughs> You've been going to see the going to see Foo Fighter shows for 25 years now. What better way to celebrate than joining the band in commemorating its silver anniversary in some of the same cities where the first Foo Fighter shows took place in 1995. Uh, the Foos, Dave Grohl, Nate Mendel, and Pat Smear completed the 1995 tour in a Dodge van. <laughs> that same year, the band released its self-titled debut album, which went on to be certified platinum. The band, the band now also includes drummer Taylor Hawkins, guitarist Chris Sheffert, and keyboardist Rami Jaffe. Mm-hmm. So, I'm of two minds about this thing. Yes. I feel like, yeah, it's cool that they're, that, that they're like saying, like, hey, remember back when we used to have to do this? Like, let's do it again, just for old time's sake. Let's live the van life. This is, let's get month. the band back together. Except let's... note that it's a whole month. That's yes. it. That's <laughs> probably in on the original tour dates they it's much did. much longer, I'm sure. Probably. They probably were in that van for a lot longer than a month, flat, uh, 25 years ago. Yeah. It, so, but yeah, so like I get the nostalgia factor here, and I get that it's fun, a fun thing with the fans. But the kind of the other side, the flip side of this, is that they are booking, part of this is that they are booking smaller venues. They're yeah. specifically going to uh, smaller locations that they would traditionally not be because of size restriction. You say small. Yeah. I say intimate. Yes, they're going to, on purpose, go to smaller intimate venues. And one, that takes away those smaller venues from bands that actually can't, like already are playing to that size, not to that could sell out arenas like the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. They're taking up that space and those dates from those, those touring bands. And also, like, they're basically like, hey, like, us, like, these, us rich guys are going to do, like, live the van tour lifestyle when real touring bands right now are doing that with a lot less money and struggling to pay for any of it. And so, like, it's, I don't know, I, 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 it, it leaves me with a bad taste in my mouth as somebody who follows the the kind of DIY indie tour scene right. in these areas. And so it like kind of sucks that it's like you have this bit, these millionaires basically being like, hey, we can do, we're going to do it for a month and we're going to like do it for the fans. It's like, yeah, but no. Yeah, we're taking but this isn't up. this also a way to get people to know about local venues? So maybe, yeah. I think that that's a, that's a positive way you could look at it is that maybe uh, fans it's will, like, hey, will be the like, hey, the Foo Fighters oh, stops here. all the time here. It's also like the Foo Fighters stopped here and they became yeah. big. And you too can follow bands yeah. from their beginnings. Another thing that they could potentially do that would make this cool is if they've had openers that were local. I don't know if they're going to do that. But if I was the Foo Fighters, yeah. I would I be know booking you are. local bands that already were going, like that to already tour in those places, to open for them, so that we could, they could break smaller acts. Mm-hmm. That way, I think that'd be really cool. I don't know if that's what they're doing here, but they should. I think this is something that because it's not an arena tour, 
I don't expect them to play the hits. No. I mean, they will play the hits. I mean, you can't go to a a Foo Fighters show show and not have them play Everlong. Yes. You know, it's required. Well, no. They will will play Everlong, but everyone will just sing it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They will just back up. Yep. Let everybody handle it. Meanwhile, Garth did a dive bar tour, (laughs) but that was okay. Well, yeah, but... Okay, so country is a completely different situation. Country music, even the smaller acts, are... Very managed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this briefly when we were talking about the Taylor Swift documentary. The culture of the country machine is just that. It's a machine. Uh, you basically, it's not the same kind of thing as the indie rock culture is. There's some crossover. There's some differences. Obviously, there is, you know, a dive bar circuit for the young and up-and-comers. I realize that. But it makes more sense for the audience and for the, for the, 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 the people putting the, these performances on to accept Garth Brooks doing that kind of thing, but then it is for the Foo Fighters to literally tread on these smaller bands like territory. It's it's complicated. It's politics. It's really just it's music politics. Yeah, but if you get like I said, it's getting people to the venue mm-hmm. and people knowing about. Well, like the I said, venue. that's a potentially cool like side effect of this. Mm-hmm. I'm just speaking. Like for the bands I've seen on my Twitter, point pointing the negatives out. I'm just saying that the bands that do play in these places are not happy about this. So, okay. just spread the message. All right, but Garth sells out stadiums regularly. Right. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's a compli- It's complicated. Yeah. It's 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 complicated, and like I said, it's just this. The some of the bands are not super happy about what this is saying about touring culture as a whole. And basically, like they're saying, like that that the Foo Fighters are able to emulate the like romantic version of it while not actually having to live the real life version of it. They already lived the real life because version because they did of it, it in the '90s when it was something you could do and could afford. Mm-hmm. Not doing it in 2020 where the venues aren't even giving you full merch cuts and you could barely uh, repair your van. Right. Like, you don't know how many times I've seen on Twitter, like, bands I follow be like, our van broke down, please donate to our Patreon or buy something off our band camp because we literally cannot get out of where we're at to make our next stop unless we get money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a different thing than it was in 95. Yeah. I mean, gas prices are also a different thing. Oh, hell yeah. Big difference. <laughs> Maintenance is a whole different thing, too. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, um, I'll check out those tour dates, probably. Yeah. See if there's anything low. Yeah, those are going to sell out a second, though, because of the size of the venue. No, I just want to see where they go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd be curious to where they're stopping out. Yeah. <laughs> if there is a stop in LA. Uh, chances are there will be. It's just, it's just Dave Stroll's backyard. <laughs> it's big enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> The whole block party. Anyway. Anyways, uh, we have thoughts. Or I have a thought real quick. All right. What do you have a thought the about? The briefest of thoughts. Uh, this is for, and it's still all right, uh, the new Nathaniel Ratcliffe song. All right. Album. Uh, Nathaniel Ratcliffe, you know, of Nathaniel Ratcliffe and the Night Sweats. Oh, okay. Uh, where he gave us the ever popular song, S.O.B. Oh, I remember when you listened to this a lot. I listened to this one constantly. Yes, and yes. it annoyed me. It probably did. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this song? I hate it. Um, it's that guy. It's that guy. Okay. Yes, but because this album is just Nathaniel Ratliff, it is just that guy. Okay. This is not a full-on rock band like I thought 
I was gonna get what you were expecting. I was expecting with uh, SOB being my basically only platform right. for knowing who this person right. is. Uh, but that being said, this album was pretty okay. Um, nothing too outstanding in my mind. Mm-hmm. There's only one explicit song, but somehow that's the only one I liked on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's nothing to say about my music taste or what he puts out. I just thought that was kind of a cute factoid. <laughs> sure. A, a cute, not not it's cute, like, oh, cute. It's, yeah. it's an acute. It's like not obtuse, it's a cute. Yeah, it's, it's tiny. Uh, <laughs> it's less than 90 degrees. Yes, yeah, less than 90 degrees. Yeah, exactly. It's cute. <laughs> yeah. Now geometry's out of the way. Yeah. Um, it's a fine album. Um, it's definitely a stripped down acoustic, almost semi pairing of Nathaniel Ratliff. Okay. Um, but while I was listening to it, he has some good lyrics, he has some good vocal choices. Okay. And a lot of these songs, I could see specifically, I don't know why, I had, this is on my mind, but being played in front of NBC dramas <laughs> like This Is Us. Okay, yeah, sure. Where they have those like little like ditties going on at the beginning where it's not yeah. a well-known song, but it just kind of sets the mood of what you're in yeah. and what you're about to watch. I was like, that's what a lot of these songs are. And I could see a lot of these songs appearing on something like that. Right, right, right. On, like, This yeah. Is Us, or, like, um, the, uh, well, I don't want, not Roswell, uh, Riverdale. Sure, yeah, something like that. Something like that, where it takes, like, either, either indie bands or not well-known bands mm-hmm. and kind of puts them into their, um, into their episodes because it fits the mood right, it fits the tone that they yeah. want to set. And a lot of these songs on this album fit that kind of, like, there's drama going on. Things aren't always as they seem. Things aren't always easy, but things will always be okay. And that's kind of like what this album is. Okay. Mostly. It, there's a lot of feeling in this album, but not a whole lot of like umph into it. Not a lot of moments where you're like, oh, that was that was cool. Just a lot of the kind of like same kind of yeah. wavelength. But there's also a lot of like stuff that it touches on you like in a personal level. Yeah. But also nothing that like is like a everlasting feeling. It's, it's one of those fleeting feelings that get you in that mood. Sure. And I think that's kind of like what this album kind of is. It gets you in a certain mood. It seems to be a lot of, uh, the, the story about a lot of last week's releases. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I also listened to the new... I'll just be brief about this because I don't really have that many thoughts about it. Sure. I listened to the new Tame Impala record. Okay, I saw that as an option. It's, yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, it's but it's very much like in that same kind of like middle zone where it's like, yeah, you can put this on in the background and like... This will probably be used in a couple TV ads later this year. It's like that kind of thing. Okay. None of it made a huge impact on me. And so, yeah, like, it seems like that's that's the, the case for for this as well. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Is what it is. All right. So, just okay music, then. Okay music this week. Nothing amazing. So. All right. So, then, shall we move on? Shall we move on to video games? All right. We're in the home stretch here. Yay. Video games. Video uh, games. We have new releases. We do. First up. Under the Night in Birth Eve, E-X-E, colon, late, bracket, C-L, dash, R, close bracket, for the PlayStation and Switch. I have no idea what the hell this is. <laughs> I don't know. But that's quite But it's, it's not in birth, it's in dash birth. Yeah, in birth. Yeah. 
Uh, we also have Mega Man Zero and ZX Legacy Collection yeah, for the PlayStation, Xbox, were, Switch, and PC. They were originally Game Boy Advance and DS um, Mega Man games, and they're being brought to current consoles. Okay. We also have Rune Factory 4 Special for the Switch. Yep. Rune Factory is the uh, RPG offshoot of Harvest Moon, in case you were wondering. I was not, but thank you for that. <laughs> we also have Two Point Hospital for the PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Yep, that's a console release of a PC game that came out last year. And Wasteland Remastered 2029 for the Xbox and PC. Yep, as the name implies, that that is a uh, remaster of a PC game from a long, long time ago. Also, you don't have it on here, but Kingdom Hearts Remind for the <laughs> Xbox it already came is out. released. Most of the people who care about it played it elsewhere. But not only that, the uh, 1.5 and 2.5 HD yes. and 2.8 is now bundled for the Xbox, so, yeah. and it's also available on Game Pass. So if you're an Xbox um, Kingdom Hearts fan, well, why? And it's number two. Yeah, the Feral now PlayStation. You can play it all. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Those are your new releases. New releases. Uh, the news. No, uh, real briefly, when do you think they're going to make a Mega Man movie? A Mega Man movie? Yeah. I feel like, I want to, my gut feeling is that the ship has sailed on that. Yeah, but so there's going to say about Sonic. I care anymore. It's going about Sonic, too. Yeah, but I feel like the Sonic has a much bigger fan base than Mega Man does. <sighs> yeah. Just saying. All right. Uh, we'll see how this game sells. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's get to our first news story. Okay. Sony! Sony. Uh, once again, skipping stuff as yes. they won't be attending PAX East <laughs> yeah, due to have a good reason this time. increasing concerns related to the coronavirus. Yeah. The announcement was made on the official PlayStation blog as an addendum to a story titled PlayStation at PAX East, Play The Last of Us Part 2, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and more. Mm-hmm. It read, quote, Today... Sony Interactive Entertainment made the decision to cancel its participation at PAX East in Boston this year due to increasing concerns related to the coronavirus. We felt this was the safest option as the situation is changing daily. We are disappointed to cancel our participation in this event, but the health and safety of our global workforce is our highest concern. Close quote. Is yeah. this affecting Boston that much? Yeah, I think that there have been some stories over there. I think there's been a lot more stories of uh, people um, catching this on the East Coast than on the West Coast, certainly. So I think Sony's, uh, Sony's concerns is that, but also having to fly their teams out mm-hmm. is probably also um, a risk. A lot of people are avoiding... Um, commercial flights right now yes because of coronavirus worries i know our work has slowed down because we have factories Mm -hmm. and uh, distributors in china yeah that have taken weeks off not just for the coronavirus but also for the chinese new year so yeah i would imagine that this is actually they just they just thought about it and was like the amount of employees that we have to send on a plane to go to this thing is not not a low number. Low, yep. low enough number. It's, it's, it's affecting bigger cities yeah. more more and more. So, yeah. Uh, I think this is probably smart on Sony's behalf. And honestly, uh, they can do some sort of event on the internet. Nothing is keeping them from doing announcements mm-hmm. in correlation with PAX East. So, if they were planning on something, a reason to be there by like doing a big reveal, they could still do it on the internet. 
So, well, so they have done something. They have yeah. done stuff like that before. They do yeah. put out notices and events. So nowadays, there's no reason to be there in person. Mm-hmm. Um, the only downside is is that if they had, for example, playable builds of Last of Us Two, which they may have, that would have otherwise made their debut at PAX East. Now that won't happen. Yeah. So that's the downside. Is that you know how you get around that? The fans will not be able to play Sony first-party games like they may have if they had appeared. Yeah, but if you get around that by doing free demos. Which that could also happen. That could also be the case. Who knows what the Sony mm-hmm. strategy is. They're, they've been weirdly quiet about this whole rollout like, uh, towards the end of this year. So who knows what they're planning. Yeah, Sony's. I mean, has been... Doing weird stuff, but also I think in like three years it's not going to be that weird. It's not going to be that wave now. I think this is the this is the wave of the future, and they're just catching it early. Yeah, or they're trend setting. They're the Voyager. Yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on then to our final story that happened today. Yeah. Today? Well, it was announced yesterday. yesterday. Well, it was announced yesterday, but I think it was today. And it's technically for something that has not happened yet. Okay. Uh, Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing New Horizons Direct is finally happening tomorrow. tomorrow? I thought that was today. No, it was announced yesterday, but scheduled for tomorrow. Okay, that's what... They always have them on Thursday mornings, remember? Because this is the Pokemon problem, too. Right. Is that we could talk about it the night before, say it was the next next morning, and not be able to report on it until next week. Uh, Quick side note, this is the longest Nintendo has gone between Treehouses and Directs. Um, this was noted to me a while back, and I was like, oh, huh, I didn't know that. Also, I'm not one paying attention to that, it's just, oh, these things <laughs> happen on a constant basis. But, uh, the announcement will be tomorrow at 6 a.m. Pacific time, our time. Uh, otherwise it's like 9 a.m. Eastern, I think that's how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tune into Nintendo's YouTube channel to catch a 25-minute live stream. Yeah, it's gonna be a long one. A live stream exclusively about Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo says the presentation will include an in-depth look at Nook Inc.'s deserted island getaway package. <laughs> uh, this is likely to be the last major piece of marketing for the much-anticipated game before its release one month later on March 20th. Yeah. There's still a lot to learn about Animal Crossing New Horizons. One thing on many people's mind is how the new island setting will shape up. And it sounds like we'll see plenty of that this Thursday. Other questions people have include what kind of new activities we may be able to partake in and how player-to-player interactions will work, especially yeah. if only one island is allowed per console. So yeah, there are I a thought lot it was per profile. No, that's, that's the thing that makes this different. Is that in the past, Pokemon, for example, it's been per profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, Animal Crossing, no, it will be per system. For whatever reason, whether it's because they're doing like the like through the identification being like by like console or something, like they're not allowing multiple game saves on the same console. Okay, so that then brings up the question: Is how big is the island then? I don't know. I would I would hope very big. But again, this goes into kind of the the conversation, which is there's going to be a, hopefully a lot of questions answered tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some Animal Crossing super fans in my direct uh, 
like that I talk to all the time that are very interested to see if these questions answered tomorrow morning. So, uh, in fact, uh, that person has uh, said that they, they are interested in guesting on the show next week to talk about it. Next week? After, okay. Yeah. For a 25 minute. But we'll see. Okay. Um, if that actually happens. All right. But they've expressed interest. They have uh, expressed interest in doing a live chat with us. All right. Or possibly being here. Yes. Um, like I said, a live chat. A live chat. Yes, they will be alive and they'll be chatting. Yes, we'll be doing it on live but we chatting. See. We will see. All right. Um, we have video game thoughts? Uh, I'm not a big Animal Crossing fan, so I'm not yeah. super excited about I'm it. I'm interested in it. I haven't played an Animal Crossing game like a lot since the original one on GameCube. I played the Pocket... Animal Crossing uh, Pocket, Pocket Camp, Camp, the phone one, for like two weeks and then stopped. But yeah, I have I've uh, been watching someone play a lot of the 3DS game New Leaf recently, and so I am interested to see how they adapt. Okay. In the for the Switch, but yeah, I do actually have a couple of real brief video game thoughts. I wish I had more time to talk about Pokemon Go. But I know we're on a time schedule here, so what I will say is I've been playing... You mean Pokemon story. Home? Not Pokemon Go. Pokemon Home, thank you. Pokemon Home is out. That is the storage solution, cloud storage solution for your Pokemon that interacts with uh, the 3DS and also the Switch games. Mm-hmm. I have experimented with it. I brought my Pokemon from some of the 3DS games to Pokemon Home. I've earned a bunch of uh, stickers, as you earn for beating challenges, like upload this many Pokemon, upload this many Poison-type Pokemon, etc. You have a bunch of built-in stuff like that that yeah. gives you stickers. You That's fun. Like a little profile picture. It's cool. Um, but beyond that, though, uh, I haven't really dove into like the trading features. I have not done any um, um, uploading to Shield of Pokemon that I've gotten from the 3DS yet. That is still on my to-do list. Um, but yeah, I paid for the sixteen dollar a year subscription to that thing, just to see like all the stuff that mm-hmm. I can do, and yeah, sure enough, uh, it's the the trading th- stuff from uh, Bank, the 3DS app Bank. Yeah, is not as intuitive as you'd want it to be. It was a whole thing. Like I said, I wish I had more time to get into the nitty gritty, but I don't. But yeah, um, maybe in the coming weeks I'll talk more about it as I do more stuff with it. But man, that thing is potentially really confusing for people who don't know how this stuff works but for people who have been with the pokemon storage solutions since they've introduced them way back on pokemon box for the gamecube yeah then you kind of know what they're trying to do here okay but yeah as i get to into more of the the different like trade options and stuff like that i will report back as the weeks go on I also jumped into Season 2 of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. You bought the Season Pass? No. Oh. It's a free... Like, the Season 2 stuff, basically, you can buy the Season Pass, but the a Season 2 lock, like stuff like the maps and um, new game modes, that's all free. You don't need to pay okay. for it. Okay. So, so they introduced the Battle Royale mode. It is not launched yet. Not launched They yet. are teasing it right okay. now. Um, it looks like it will be kind of like the... Um, version they had in Black Ops um, 4 last year where it was basically let's take a bunch of Call of Duty classic maps and then like have several like those in like a giant map Mm -hmm. where it's like oh this zone is kind of like that other map but this time with classic Modern Warfare maps so they showed a little bit of the classic Modern Warfare 2 map airport the one with the big plane outside Mm -hmm. it is not currently a map you can play in multiplayer but it looks like it will be a portion of the 
uh, Battle Royale map. Okay. Uh, that you open up basically the first time you play season two, you big, get a big CG cutscene. That's basically a preview for that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But that, that part of this has not launched yet. Okay. Right now, what's available is that they did add a couple of classic maps. Uh, Rust. I remember Rust. Is back, which I hate because it's people can get up top so of the small. middle structure and shoot down at you, yep. and you're never looking up. Yep. And so I always die there from snipers. Um, and another one that I can't. Oh yeah, and a new map uh, called Atlas Warehouse, which is basically remember Atlas from Infinite Warfare? Yes. The company run by uh, Digital Kevin Spacey. Yes. Uh, well, they're back, and uh, this one is a is basically you're fighting at a Costco, <laughs> like an abandoned Costco. Okay. And so it's a neat map. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's, it's all right. But yeah, so the new maps are good. Uh, like the, the Some of the new challenges are interesting. But yeah, they have weekly challenges now uh, uh, to add on top of daily and like overall challenges. So yeah, they're keeping people busy in the Call of Duty train. And I'm still still on it. I'm still a passenger. I'm surprised you're a passenger yeah, on it. I keep going. It's still good. It's still, it's like I said, it's the most Call of Duty I've played since Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right. But that's that's my video game thoughts. Okay, uh, I think we're good, right? I think we're good. Yeah. Um, did I play? Oh, I got back into Borderlands Three real briefly. I saw that. I saw you on the PS4 on that. Yeah, because I wanted to do the new stuff. Did you do any of the new stuff? Uh, I didn't. I didn't get that far into doing it. <laughs> um, also, I don't know if I loaded it up correctly because I tried to oh. immediately do the sovereign things or yeah. whatever, and it's like said still blocked. Oh, like, so huh? Couldn't. Yeah. Like, do I have to wait for? Do you have to get to the level cap to do that stuff? I don't know. I don't know. I thought I could do it. Did you it. play around with it? Did you level up? Uh, I leveled up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't have to get the level cap yet. Okay. But I did start the new level again. Yeah. yeah. No. All right, cool. Um, I might jump into that sometime when I'm not playing Call of Duty. Yeah. Or Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. I told you I'm kidding Pokemon yes, Master, yes, right? You have mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I like beat the full thing yep. too, and yep. caught the caught the puppy. Now you gotta download Pokemon Home and jump back in. Yep. Start over with a whole new Pokemon now. Hell yeah. That's usually what I end up doing. Yep. All right. That's it for the Media Bo- That's it for video games. And that's it for Media Bo- Podcast. Okay, that's it for the Media Bo- Podcast. We thank you for joining us this quick early quick and dirty version of quick and dirty still an hour and a half still (laughs) a regular time but we finished it early um thank you for joining us uh we'll be back next week for another episode if you want to see us live go to youtube.com search media about podcast you'll find our podcast there like subscribe and click the bell and you'll get notifications when we go live on streaming on youtube you can also listen to the audio version of our podcast on podcast services like apple podcast just to give Media Boat Podcast, a search, and you'll find our newest episodes as well as our archive of our old stuff, including our older uh, previous years of March Madness as we approach our new March Madness bracket for this year, where we choose a tournament-style bracket for some sort of pop culture uh, something. We did Disney animated films, we did yeah. Pixar films, and yeah. we did video, video game, game franchises. franchises. So what will year four of uh, the uh, Media Boat March Madness have? Well, tune in to find out. My money's on either music or TV, but yeah, who I, knows? I would hope, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, tune in for that. In the meantime, you can also find us on social media. On Twitter, our handle is at MediaBoatCast. Facebook, search MediaBoat Podcast, find our page, like, comment on there as well. 
You can find us on twitch.tv slash video... Video games, I did it. It's been yes. so long, I've been so good. Yes. Twitch.tv slash boat, where you can see us playing video games such as Borderlands 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on patreon.com slash boat, where you can find us uh, begging for your money. No, I take that back. <laughs> where you can donate to us because uh, it does cost money to host a podcast, in case you don't know. So please consider donating to us if you like what we do here and you want to see us get even better. As little as a dollar a month can help us out. So please consider donating donating some money at patreon.com slash mediaboat. And with that, we will see you guys next week with Animal Crossing uh, reactions, with... Um, possible hosts? Yeah, possible guests, with possible feedback from some, uh, some uh, people that we know about Birds of Prey. Yep. Um, all sorts of things happening. Possible more thoughts on stuff. More thoughts, more more news. Get ready. Uh, we'll have all that and more next week. All right. Stay tuned for that. Okay, See bye. You. Bye.